the roundtable. Brought to you by the Simple Investor, making the world of real estate investment simple. The free for all roundtable, round one. It's a sweet, sweet Friday. It is indeed, and on this sweet, sweet Friday, we say good morning to Christy Blatchford from the National Post, Jerry Agar from the Jerry Agar Show, 9 to noon. Congratulations on your numbers. Uh, Michael Tobe is... Seven. That's my number. ...syndicated columnist. <laughs> we always got to be careful about how we bang the drum, but can we make a scene out of the fact that News Talk 1010 is a powerhouse station in southern Ontario? Well, and, and, uh, and has been growing yes. over the years. So uh, our plan is to edge out every other radio station. Just saying. <laughs> there you go. Well, if you are listening this morning, you're in good, good company. Uh, back to Michael Tobe and his resume. Uh, was a speechwriter for the former Prime Minister Stephen Harper, and he's now a Washington Times contributor. And uh, Ivan Baker, MPP, Liberal MPP, is here as well. Good, sweet Friday morning to everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Let's start with something that came up last night on the night side, and I find this to be a fascinating dilemma. This surgeon who's accused of murdering his wife is so incredibly skilled. He's pretty well the only guy in Canada who can help a whole bunch of people who have some very, very serious issues. And a woman who was on the night side with Barb DiGiulio last night said, I don't care. Convict him if you want, but I still want him to operate on me. I think it is remarkable that I am still more willing to put my life in the hands of a potential murderer than to be thrown back into the mix of Ontario neurosurgeons. This is the state of healthcare that we're dealing with in Ontario. And it's very sad. Let me start with you, Michael. I mean, yeah. uh, this is unlike any other profession. <clears throat> I mean, could we set up an operating theater at a prison for a convicted murderer if he's convicted? He would certainly hope not. Um, yeah, it is a difficult issue. <clears throat> and it's a moral issue as well, because obviously what he's been accused of is terrible. But at the same time, there are very few people, as you say, maybe the only person or one of only a couple in this whole country who has this specialty. On the other hand, as I understand this specially, there are other people who are available around the world, including in the United States. There are ways to bring in people who I think have, shall we say, a cleaner record at this time to do it. But I understand her point, that she's obviously, she wants to do it here. She feels this gentleman obviously has a lot of capabilities and the ability to do it. And I guess in the end, ultimately, it is her call. It's just a question of whether this is the right person or not. I think we should be, uh, in a circumstance like this, if we were a general practitioner, you can get another one. But when somebody has specialized to this extent and is uh, apparently, by everyone's measure, uh, exceedingly good at it, uh, we, let's talk about what's good for the patient. I think we should uh, come at it from that viewpoint. And maybe you say to a guy like that, if he were convicted, you're going to get prison time. But let's face it, in Canada, nobody goes to prison uh, for life means life. So it would really look good when you come up for parole if you had helped us out here. Christy? Wow, I don't, I don't know what to say, I, except that if he's convicted, I cannot envision a scenario where, you know, he would be allowed to uh, help people however much they might need and however good he is at it. Uh, it's it's an awful situation for patients who who need his skilled hands for sure, but you know there there ain't no way around it. If you're convicted of murder, you don't get to then do surgery. Don't you have a prison job? 
That'd be his. Yeah, he could make license plates or perform brain surgery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I mean, Yvonne Baker, would you create a waiver for a guy like this? So I, I personally wouldn't. Um, I, I just think someone who's before the justice system should not be operating on people for a range of reasons. But but I do think that I'm very sensitive to what, Jerry, to what you said and, and to what you did as well. I think that we have to put the patient first, and we have to find somebody who can provide the care for all the patients that, that, that are needed. I know it's specialized, but there are people in the U.S. There, in some cases, there are people in Ontario. Even this doctor, on one of the surgeries that he was going to perform, where no other doctor in Ontario would, was relying significantly on help from U.S. specialists in Maryland, for example. All right, and so then let's you can get imagine all... a scenario where, where other doctors here could, would, would be able to do that. And so I, I would suggest that, in fact, that's what's happening right now is in each of the cases where the pa patient was to have surgery with this doctor, uh, the ministry is looking for replacements so they can so those patients can get that care. All right, but let's have the ministry not get all pissy if the doctor happens to be an American doctor and we have to send the patient to Boston or someplace because you know, your government right now doesn't have a good record in that regard. The patient should be put first. I agree 100% with you. Uh, yeah. Brampton man who was convicted of sexually assaulting a woman was facing sentencing on December 19th but decided he would fly to Pakistan instead. And the thing is, this guy has a criminal record. He should have been on the radar as a flight risk and was not. Jerry, I guess, you know, this is just all part of the ongoing problems with our criminal justice system. Well, I go along with Jay from uh, the show last night where he said, you know, if I have a broken taillight, they seem to know that from five years ago, but can't keep track of people who have fled the country. How did he get back in? Why was he let back in? I mean, there are so many questions on this. Apparently, our crack judicial system is not quite as up to date as we thought it was. Yeah, Michael, it amazes me that Facebook knows if somebody's pregnant. Yeah. But, you know, Border Control and the airlines who block me every time I try to fly don't seem <laughs> to know this guy's awaiting sentencing on a rape. I know, and he heads off back to Islamabad. I don't understand this myself. I, I really don't at all. And I agree with Jerry. It's hard to believe that he actually got to this point and he got out completely. Yes, he does have a Pakistani passport, according to the story, and that's fine. At the same time, when you're accused of something like that, they should have you, and they should red flag you, and they should watch you, no matter where you are, where you go, and what you're doing. And it's sad to see that, unfortunately, authorities just don't have that ability. Ivan, the upside of this is a convicted rapist is no longer in Canada and probably never coming back. Yeah, but I think small consolation for me, and really small consolation for the victim, right? Yeah, I can only imagine what she went through the first time, and now she's going through another her, I can't imagine what she's going through, knowing that this man has escaped to Pakistan and is living his life in freedom there. I have to say that and this is a situation where I agree with what the others have said. I, I think that, um, to me, you know, I know he traveled on a Pakistani passport. He surrendered his Canadian passport, but then traveled on his Pakistani one. Presumably, that's one of the reasons why he was able to escape. Right. But to me, I don't understand why his name and his birth date and whatever other pertinent information isn't in a database. So if somebody goes through with a passport of any color of any country, then that gets red flagged and he gets checked and, and, and interviewed, et cetera. It just shocks me that this, this, he wasn't checked. Uh, well, right. it, it's because the, the, the computer system inexplicably hadn't been updated and all of the, the various authorities rely on CPIC, the Canadian Police Computer Information System, or whatever it's called. And the, the information wasn't there, so the Crown Attorney didn't know. Somehow the police didn't know, because when they ran his name, I guess, uh, it didn't come up because it, the previous stuff hadn't been entered. And presumably that's true for immigration. I'm not making excuses. Somebody made a terrible mistake. But... The mistakes that followed afterwards are, are explicable. Exactly, and you need to fix it. I agree. Are we all looking forward to cell phones on airplanes? Uh, Michael, oh, I Oh, yeah, that'll be so good to have somebody shrieking <laughs> next to you saying, oh, I was like, totally, I felt totally mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I don't know if I can follow up on that. All right. (laughs) Am I looking forward to it? No, (laughs) for for the reasons that Christy said. At the same time, I don't know. I'm very much a freedom of choice person. I like using things like that. And I understand when you're obviously going up in the air, they obviously tell you to turn everything off, turn everything down, and that's the right way to do it. But once you're in the air and all that, well, I certainly wouldn't want a valley girl sitting next to me. So I'm with Christy all the way. At the same time, I believe in freedom. And really, if you're going to do it, Use a phone. Why not on the phone? I don't care. And here's why I don't don't care. care. Because the combination of the onerous security after 9-11 and the thing we've brought on ourselves by always searching price, 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 is uh, puts us in a situation now where flying is not fun. It's just getting from A to B. So I look at it like doing my taxes. I just put my head down and get through it. And so I don't care what the person next to me is doing. So I actually, I, I used to fly a lot and in my previous job as a management consultant, and I find that time when I'm on the plane cut off from all those distractions as the most productive time I ever have. Like, I don't get phone calls. I don't get texts. I just sit there and plow away at my work. So I really like it. And the other thing I got to say is, can you imagine how this is going to change the flying experience, having, you know, 50 or 100 people on a, on a, on a it's going to be like riding exactly. a Greyhound bus, right? I yeah, but I, sometimes they're talking right. to one another. It's just as bad. <laughs> no, but there's only one of the, the shrieking conversations was of even a sort of moderate intelligence. You could deal with it, but it yeah. never is. No, it's, no, it's always true. epically banal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, on the streetcar, it's always, yes, I'm five minutes away and I got the fish. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. go away. Joe Biden in Ottawa last night essentially said <clears throat> that the free world is now on Justin Trudeau's shoulders. <laughs> and then I guess they all had a good cry. The world's going to spend a lot of time looking to you, Mr. Prime Minister. <laughs> as we see more and more challenges to the liberal international order than any time since the end of World War II. I think we know why he was vice president. <laughs> yes. uh, everybody loves Joe. But no, they was, don't. That's what I was thinking. No, they don't. Too. I've met him. I don't like him. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I watched yeah. uh, swearing in for all Crazy the new Uncle congressional Joe. officers a couple of years ago. He knew every single person, the names of their kids, when their birthdays were. Everybody yeah. wanted to hug him. Republicans thought he was yeah. great. Sure. But, Michael, this, yeah. this is why liberals annoy people, because... <laughs> They're, they they feel that they're in crisis right now. That's right, Yvonne. That's why people... <laughs> I don't feel like I'm in crisis. But... <laughs> and that's but, not the only reason, by the no, way. No, exactly. But look, I mean, Biden's an old-school politician. That's why he remembers names and places and dates. Brian Mulroney is like that yes. as well. There's yeah. a real skill to it, a real art form that a lot of politicians have lost. And I'll give Biden that much. He's definitely got that. But everything else, this is a man you had to keep under a leash, and the Obama White House knew it. I mean, it's crazy Uncle Joe. You've got to be careful with him. Well, wait a second. And for him to... the new president... He's crazy. I know. Well, that we'll see what happens at that point. But look, in terms of um, in terms of that point, in terms of saying that Justin Trudeau is going to now be leader of the free world, I think a lot of progressives over time are starting to learn that maybe he will be. But based on some of the mistakes he w- is making these days, maybe he won't be. Yvonne Baker is he the last bulwark against the uh, conservative hordes? I don't. I don't God, think I so. I don't. Th- I don't think <laughs> so. I. I think that. I think the the one thing I would take away from what Joe Biden said was that. Um, Justin Trudeau has a platform, not just here in Canada, but around the world. Mm. People look up to him and listen to what he says. And the, the way in which he speaks, I think, is something people can rally around. So I think when I contrast the way Justin Trudeau you know, communicates with people and the way he talks and the way Donald Trump talks with people and you know, his racism and the bigotry and everything that surrounded his campaign, I think that's where Justin Trudeau can really provide leadership. Christy, his, his ability to put uh into five times into a sentence mm. is uh, something that you look up to as a speaker? No, I, I think it's about tolerance. It's about supporting human rights. I think it's about yeah, it's, it's like about a high being, school graduation. It's about, it's about being inclusive. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's these are Canadian values, and I think there are a lot of countries where these are these are these are 
respected values, and Justin Trudeau has a platform to be able to, to promote those and support them. Christy, in the morning meeting today, I said we're going to play the Joe Biden clip and then listen to Christy's eyes rolling. Oh, you! I'm sure you heard my eyes rolling. I mean, first of all, that is po- po- politics of the greasy, unctuous old school. I quite agree. Never did a thing for me. It doesn't matter the political stripe. And the, the very notion that, you know, the world is in crisis now because of a, the American election results and that somehow we're all looking to Justin Trudeau, you know, a former part-time teacher. No, thank you. I'm not. Hey, part-time drama you know, teacher. Some, right. some part-time <laughs> teachers made it in life. Can I just say? Yes, they did. Yes. Okay. Just just making sure. Uh, Mick Jagger's having <laughs> his eighth you know kid. One? I'm she. it. I know. Oh, John, of course. I didn't want people to miss your point. <laughs> I thought it was Jerry. Jerry, oh. Jerry Mick Jagger's having it. Just yeah. had his eighth kid. Are you, oh, I mean, God. you've got a, a whole bunch of kids. You're going to try for another one? No. No. Okay. <laughs> no. I've got five. That's uh, that's enough. And I'm significantly younger than. Uh, than uh, Mr. Jagger. I know, but I don't think you could dance for two and a half hours, could you? Well, I also can't pass on to them the kind of financial legacy at least the kid will have, if not a father. He's no. a famous tightwad. Thanks, everybody. Well, he's going to die. <laughs>